Welcome to Where Wine Takes You, a wine podcast that is very anti all the tasting notes and snooty BS that we hear within wine all the time and all too much. No, this one is all about what matters in wine, the stories, the farming, the people, the place. And that place, and in my opinion, the best place is Paso Wine Country, baby. I am your host, Adam Montiel. You know my day job, I am a radio broadcaster. I host the morning show, I host events, things like that. So there is never a dull moment in in radio, in event planning, in all that stuff. And you've heard me draw a lot of similarities between the broadcasting business, the entertainment business, the event business, and the wine business. And one of those parallel paths is there is never a dull moment. Today, we're going to chat with two folks who are now neighbors, but if several months ago you even brought up the proposition that this brand would have moved from their downtown location, it would have been like, what? What are you, crazy? No. But like I said, never a dull moment, and you can't always expect what's going to happen next. Sometimes you have to roll with it. You got to fake it till you make it. You got to dig deep in yourself, in your business, and make your best move. And that brand who did that on the show today, Copia Vineyards, we met them maybe about a year ago, with Nita and Kunal Mittal from LXV, Anita and Verinder Sahi. We're going to have them back on. They had just moved out of their downtown location, and the reasoning and how it all happened is super interesting. To business, to your life's path, and how circumstances sometimes just unfold the way they do. But finding the good and the blessings in them makes all the difference. Copia's new neighbor, Chronic Sellers. This is a great story because Chronic Sellers, we originally talked to Josh Beckett. Him and his brother, Jake Beckett, both of Peachy Canyon Winery, started Chronic back in the day as they were kind of, you know, separating themselves from their parents and the Peachy Canyon brand, doing something pretty avant-garde, edgy, on their own, and it blew up. It blew up big time. I remember talking to Josh probably over 10 years ago, and he was talking about chronic sellers and how Planet Hollywood had gotten a hold of them. And it was a deal that was so promising and so big to get the chronic sellers wines into all the Planet Hollywood locations. But it was a deal that was too big for the boys, too big for this Paso brand to be like, wait, we need to produce how many? It's like, are we just going to be a winery for Planet Hollywood now? I mean, this is crazy. So it's a brand that grew, and it grew quickly, and it grew to the level that it became sexy for bigger businesses to zero in on for acquisition, and that's exactly what happened. Jake and Josh sold their baby to a company called WX Brands, and now WX Brands runs Chronic, and they kept Josh on to make the wine for a little while, slowly phased him out, and brought in a new winemaker. And we're going to meet Kip Lorenzetti today, the winemaker for Chronic Cellars. If you have not and you do enjoy the podcast, please share it with a friend. Hit that little square with a line button. Text it to someone right now and let them know what's up. And also, if you have not subscribed, rated, and reviewed the podcast, it would mean so much. It does so much. And we really appreciate it if you've already done it. And I appreciate you in advance if you are yet to do so. Well, I tell you, the weather is changing. It is getting warm in Paso. Summer is here. Looking good. Feeling good. The grapes are like, okay, finally, we've been waiting for this. One of the folks we talked to back in the spring when weather was a lot different than it was now, we talked to Jeff from Vine Cycle Tours. Things were pretty different. I mean, we had over a couple dozen atmospheric rivers, and getting on an electrical bike wasn't the biggest thing to do when it was raining so hard as it was. So we told Jeff that we would check in with him in the summer, and I know that he had some new vineyards that were coming online that they were taking these e-bikes through, which is such a cool story. He's got a cool story with his wife, Melissa, and 
I'm really looking forward to checking in with Jeff from Vine Cycle Tours and seeing how the summer is treating him in Paso Wine Country. That will be in our Travel Paso Spotlight after our conversation with Verinder and Anita from Copia and Kip from Chronic Cellars. I show up to the brand new pad. It's the brand new spot for Copia. It's off Lake Nacimiento Road, and even though you might bend around a few turns, it is not more than just a few miles outside of town. In fact, we actually come into the conversation right now, and Anita is talking about just that. Let's go. So give me that sound, we'll get by, we pass on around till the job is done. in the trees, it will simplify good company. really deceptive because I, I think it's like a total of maybe under four miles from yeah. downtown. Oh, it, it's, it's really quick. Yeah. yeah. But it's um, it's beautiful here. And I remember when this was Vines on the Mary Crest and there's a lot of, he did sound, as you know, Victor Abascal uh, was a sound engineer in LA. And a lot of this you know, the setup here was set up impeccably for sound, for live music, and it was really important to him. Yes, it is. Uh, and we haven't fully used it, and we're looking forward to use it in the future. Yeah, he has everything wired for live shows. He, at the time that Victor was here, he was actually recording live, too. So yeah. we look forward to introducing a mu- music program. Yeah, it's a cool spot. I remember um, uh, getting back in there to the cellar and stuff like that. So I've really seen this property, you know, in and out over the years. And uh, what you've done with it, you know, we were talking on another podcast recently of, you know, having different eyes, a set of eyes on a same property. And, you know, um, you have really done your own thing with this. And just in the, the little time you've been here, it already feels like home, Anita. Yeah, it really, really does. I think wherever we go, we're just trying to create uh, the feeling of walking into our home. And that's kind of our, co- it's not really like a concept or branding. It's literally like Anita and Verinder's home, you yeah. know, yeah. cozy couches, dining table, and we're just welcoming you into our home and hosting you as if we were at our home. I like that combination that comfort, but also class. You know, when you step into someone's home, or in this case, a tasting room, and you have both comfort and class at 11, it's just great. And like you said, you come in here, this looks really, really sharp and chic, but the couch is super welcoming. And yeah, you guys have done a great job on this. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. And we're starting, I mean, we already see some people outside, so we're already, we've broken it in. We're, we're doing it. Yeah. We're officially, we're still soft opening, but I think the secret has gotten out. Well, you're on the podcast now, so the secret is <laughs> definitely out. We first met you with Nita and Kunal Mittal. It was so much fun to talk about a lot of the similarities, both of you of Indian descent and we talked a lot about that with the cuisine and stuff like that so I can't wait to get into some of the new wines because that was what that was over a year ago yeah, right just yes. about yeah. yeah and then Kip my man for the first time it's really good to meet you great to meet you too thanks for having me we were talking off the air because we had um, it was probably a couple years ago where we had Kenny Volk on and we talked Wild Horse and it seems like you can't talk to any number of winemakers in Paso and like you affectionately called it uh, Wild Horse U Wild Horse U because yeah. everyone knows it is just like it's like everyone seems to have crossed paths with some way at w- a wild horse. It's such like an incubator for, you know, you can't bump in, an incubator for the region. You can't bump in anybody. Like, oh, I worked a harvest at wild horse. Oh, I used to work in the lab. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, and myself or uh, Trevison, I Justin was, Smith. Right. Yeah. Uh, John Priest, who's at Etude now. Todd Ricard, who's director of winemaker at the prisoner. At the prisoner. 
there's so many people that have cycled through there. And that episode with Ken was insane, by the way. That was awesome. Oh, just do you remember? Hear, you oh my it? gosh, just to hear him like the sense of history and like you know he was he's one of the you know the he's one of the godfathers of the region, right? Him, Gary, Chuck Ortman, uh, Ken, and then Doug Beckett is another godfather of the region for right. sin. But to hear the stories of how that's had how it was started and how he brought it up and through the his first divestiture, it's been sold a couple of times since then, but. Um, just that sense of history for the region. Uh, it was just amazing to hear. What's your story? How did you get into Wild Horse and how did you get out of it and how did you get into Chronic? Oh, uh, man, my superhero origin story is really not that great. Uh, it's I used to sell, and I'm jumping back a bit, but um, I used to sell toilets. And I know that's it. Sounds it's exactly what it sounds like. You know, I used to sell plumbing. Shitty. Yeah, it's shitty. <laughs> no, I don't know why not. Toilets can be cool. You know, it was it was plumbing wholesale. I love when I go into a house that has like a sick, awesome <laughs> toilet. Yeah, it's it's weird. You know what the 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 backside of selling toilets is? Is when you walk into a house with a really nice toilet, like you know exactly what brand it is and how much they paid for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, that's a, that's a Briggs yeah. 071. Yeah. Yeah. Right, that. And then they ask but you. But now like, they got like the bidet. Days attached oh, yeah. to them. Exotic stuff. Uh, I, I love a bidet. Do you guys like bidets? Oh, I love we it. We have it. Do you have a bidet at home? Bidet yeah. fanatics. High fives of the bidets. <laughs> you know? I We're say, kind of trying to graduate to the bidet, toto. Mate. Ooh, the toto. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, this is the seat where like, it, it, it comes yep. in, there's yep. a spray. You know, Adam, when you invited Kip and us to this boy, podcast, this, this is not this the way not, I thought it would go. I was just thinking the Who same knows? thing. I'm like, boy, we have, we have traipsed into some weird territory. Well, look, it's life, right? I mean, I'm, oh, here yeah. for, I'm here for it. Everyone goes and everyone loves to go in luxury. I mean, like, I love bidets and you know, things like that. So oh, that's yeah. awesome. The toto is a great thing yeah. to aspire mm-hmm. to. I, do a, I mean, I'll, I'll go one deeper in the TMI. I do have a squatty potty at home. Do you know the squatty this potty is? This is supposed to be really the natural way to go. The, yes? the yeah. stool. Yeah. I love the squatty. Yeah. I, interview, I interviewed the, um, the guy who made them on my show. Oh, wow. And he sent me a couple. Oh, it's great. Buddy, it's, buddy of mine, just, he was like, yeah, I demoed it by the, with a case of beer. He's like, put the case. He's like, I'll buy the squatty potty. Yeah. Heck yeah, it's cool. <laughs> well, I back in other parts of the world, this is just the way normal yeah, yeah. no normal. sure yeah no wow so you're selling toilets yeah and what is that like? so you're selling to like like your accounts would be like oh I'm Lowe's Home it, Depot uh, or we were selling to uh, we were selling to plum- to plumbers themselves we were okay. wholesale so we sold underground and copper pipe and fixtures and water heaters and all my friends started asking me to come do their plumbing repairs for them which was not great yeah. uh, but during that time it's like man I'm, I was uh, sales management uh, I was like man I really can't see myself building a career out of this or a life I wasn't really into it and at the same time I was living in slow was building up this interest in wine I still remember the first bottle of wine I ever bought it was uh, Francis Ford Coppola's Ivory Label Cab and the only reason I bought it at the time this is circa like 2007 ish uh, was it was because it had Francis Ford Coppola on the label and um, first thing I thought was like well this guy directed The Godfather and I love that movie so I'll try it and fell in love with the wine and off I went Fast forward a few years, uh, my cousins went to high school with Rob Takagawa, who's the winemaker, was and still is the winemaker for Bailiana, and introduced me to him, and I talked to him for a year and a half, and just kind of got the lay of the land, I started taking night classes to kind of build up an education, and finally in 2010, I made the jump and went from sale, wholesale or sales management to 
the little guy on the totem pole, uh, dragging hoes and you know <laughs> working hard, working hardest. Uh, oh my gosh, selling toilets was a lot easier. Oh boy, the romance gets burned off real fast, as yeah. we are all well aware of. Uh, <laughs> real fast. Hard work. Hard work. Lots and of cleaning. Lots of cleaning, mm-hmm. and you know I was the reason why uh, I started harvest and it was given no promises. You know, like most of us, right? You work a harvest gig and like I'll give you three months, and I went into it going, I'm going to work harder, faster, and longer than everybody else here. And what really, you know, I thought that's what what they kept me on full time. Or what really was was I filtered lees and didn't complain, uh, which I mean I did, just not to them. Right. You know, when you're, you, I complain to myself in the car when you're driving home covered in lees. Uh, but they, <laughs> you know, that's but that's how I got my start. You know, it was a, a Burgundy house, and then uh, we were talking before, before we went on air. I was at Bronco. I moved to Bronco in the Central Valley, which is a uh, large winery, very large. Like I think, I think they're not top four anymore. Uh, I think they're. Uh, somewhere in the top 10. That's a huge jump. Yeah. And a totally different kind of oh, it, part it, of the business. A totally, totally different set of the business. You know, we're going from making luxury Pinot Noir and Chardonnay to making uh, commercial wines. You know, your, your, you know, top dollar price for the wine was eight bucks, you know, and it's, there's a huge consumer base that is, uh, that gears towards that. Uh, and I went there for four years and made, made that kind of wine and learned a ton. Was it like your, you probably, you probably learned ten, tens of ten, thousands tens of, of tons. Tens of thousands of tons, yes. <laughs> but when you are doing something like that, are you thinking, oh, i got to get back to the Central Coast, and get, i just got to get my hands dirty, learn a lot, and that this is a stepping stone? When I started in the industry, I mean, this area, is, as we all know, right? I'm, not, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir. This area is so special, and the wines that we can make here are incredible and world-class. And when I got into it, I went, I want, this is where I want to make wine. I want to live here. I want to make wine here knowing that I might have to take a detour to kind of pay my dues uh, and took took the detour uh, and you your game gets real wired tight when you're trying to there's you're making that much wine at once and it, that bottle of wine that that consumer's buying has to taste the same every single time so you're making the same painting with different colors uh, and you know, was at the same time and knowing that like, I want to take this skill set and I want to go back to the coast. I love it here and got the opportunity in 2015 when I went to work for a custom crush house, uh, in Santa Barbara County and had some Paso fruit coming in from different clients, uh, as well as Santa Barbara County fruit. And in 2016, I did har- two harvests there in 2016. I got, I got the opportunity to go be the winemaker for wild horse, which was, you know, you're coming to a, a legacy Paso facility, a legacy Paso brand, uh, so, which was an incredible experience. I was there for four years, uh, and in July of 2020, uh, got the nod for Chronic. So, and here I am today. It's so funny because I remember like getting in radio like a little over 20 years ago, and some of those things that you said like work longer, work harder. Yeah. I'm going to be there earlier. I'm going to be there later than you. And, and I knew that I could do that right. more than any any other person who like I happen to be working with at that station at this station. But you don't always know how it's going to unfold. Right. But that is the way to do it. Like saying yes all the time, working for free, mm-hmm. uh, probably too much. And then <laughs> and then <laughs> that's things, that's that part right there. Right. You know. <laughs> yeah. And then things fall into place. And I really think it's like when we're saying all those yeses and, and hustling in that way, yeah. we're really building some cachet that maybe, you know, for some it might be God, for some it might be just like, you know, karma, whatever. But like it, that, that hard work will come back it, around. It, it, you know, it's, it's, and I'm sure you've had the same thing. We've all had those same thing. You know, the, I think the most apt term is like a crisis of faith where you hit those just bumps. You're like, man, what am I doing? 
like I'm working so hard and I'm exhausted and you know I'm, I'm treating my, my treat night is you know I'm getting to the dollar menu at Burger King right <laughs> and, uh, you, you really like really realize the value of like the Costco hot dog and the place of pizza and a soda for like three bucks oh for sure oh yeah you know and it's just, I mean, man did I make the right choice and I totally burned the boats behind me and it's like, oh, and but those little nuggets come along and you're like okay I'm doing okay I'm doing the right thing, and I mean it's those things that come from flirting with burnout. Yeah, right? you, you're trying to you're trying to put the brave face on and go. Oh, I, I, got, I got this. I got this. Yeah. I got this. And meanwhile, you're in the shower, and oh, maybe I don't, but you know they don't know that yet. <laughs> but it is you make it, you make it. But there is really that mentality of like burn the ships. We're here to stay. Yeah. We're this, doing this. This is happening. Yeah. Did well, you get to that point, either of you, in need of a render, like you like know, on a weekly basis? <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> we had constantly. A, oh, yeah. We, we, uh, yeah, like all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Particularly, I I think, and and Verinder and I talk about this all the time. Uh, particularly in the last harvest, and then any time you're yeah. going through these periods of growth, I think is when you when you especially that that what, as you were talking, Kip, I really felt like all those thoughts. Yeah, they yeah. come to the forefront right away. Last harvest and moving here to the Adelaida property. That those were. Those were those moments where it's everything happening all at once, all the time, and it doesn't let up. It's constant. Yeah. You have to have so much faith mm-hmm. going into that, you know. And uh, I felt, as Anita was saying last harvest, like everything hit us, at, you know, so fast. And we had to move out of Denner uh, from, uh, for, for winemaking purposes. And we were so afraid that we are not going to have a home. And this property came... And we pushed so hard, and every day it was like we may get fruit, but our line may not work. You know, right. getting a new line together within 30 days. So yeah, there there've been many many moments where you think like, am I doing the right thing? Yeah. Yeah. Was the Denner acquisition the actual? thing that precipitated all of this motion for you to get a new place? Yes. That's Is that what, right? So if, if Denner did not get acquired, we'll be there. We'll you would have been, been downtown. We'd yeah. be there this, to the, right now. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that a trip? Yeah. I mean, like really a business decision that really had nothing to do with you in the, in the directly, but indirectly yeah. because you were making your wines with them. Yeah, we were the last winemakers who were making uh, our own wine. Yeah. They had a lot of other brands, but Anthony was doing most of the winemaking. We were the last ones. And um, when we got the wind of it around in May, we said, okay, we have to find a new home. So, of course, we still don't have a permit for our Kyler Canyon uh, estate. So we looked in Tin City. We looked different locations. And then, uh, and we've been doing this for five, six years now. So we wanted to have somewhere we could be 100% independent. And then this property was a really blessing. Yeah. Now you're looking in Tin City. You're looking in places. I mean, Tin City is very different than this. Yes. You know, Tin City's neighbors, and you know this. You you got oh you're, you're by yourself. You got neighbors, but you're also you know you're by yourself on your property. You got hills behind you. you got some views over here. So uh, did you kind of picture? Okay, so we're gonna take another step. We're gonna take the next step. I don't know what that looks like, but I don't. I mean, beggars can't be choosers. Let's just find something that one we can afford to, we like, and we can make our own. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, first time I saw it, I was like, uh, no. Yeah. And then uh, looked at other things and said, okay, we'll go back. What can we do here? As you said, look at this property with our own eyes and different perspective. And we came back. We said, okay, well, you know, we can we can do it. You know, we're going to put a second small uh, storage building with it. Uh, we looked at the vineyard. 
we realized that we did some sampling and realized there was a lot of uh, red blotch. We said we're going to replant that. And uh, we have 20 acres planted in uh, Kyler Canyon uh, State. And we thought oh, another 20 acres here will really give us uh, where we want to be eventually, you know, four to 5,000 cases. So we have another 20 acres right where we are at. Yeah, so it's oh, 28 wow. acres total property. My goodness. So uh, like, where does it go? Is it going? So there are two hills behind us. Okay, yeah. So this hill and there's a hill behind it. So we, it's a... Uh, Total 20 acres plantable. Wow. And we will, We already ordered the plants. 36,000 wines are already ordered. Wow. So this will be our Adelaide estate. And then we have Willow Creek estate. So I think the fruit's going to be very complementary to each other. Were you kind of thinking like, okay, what should I plant here? I know what I want. I know what I like. But also, what kind of soils we got? What's the yes. topography? Where is it facing? Absolutely. We uh, Last three months, we've been working on all that and realized that this is going to be... Who do you ask? Who do you talk to? Um, so curious. This is my third vineyard, so we did, to, you know, of course, Randy Heinzman is doing the planting, oh, yeah. Yeah. so he has a lot of experience, and we worked uh, uh, with Randy and his man, um, uh, operations manager, John, and ourselves, and um, we, we are thinking this vineyard more as a grower, so we're doing a lot of Syrah, which is our, uh, you know, special wines. We, uh, we love it's Syrah. like our muse. Yeah, our yeah. muse, right. So we are doing eight acres of Syrah, four acres of Cabernet. Uh, we didn't plant any whites uh, at uh, Willow Creek Estate, so we're doing five different whites. And then we're doing a little bit of Ganache, Muedra, Carinian, and Cunoise. Oh, those are fire. Yeah, so fun. I love that you're seeing more, like, uh, Carrying on more crewers yeah. yeah. of late. What are the whites? I'm so curious. Uh, they're all, f- uh, in fact, all five of them are going to be Rhones. Oh, yeah. So. Claire Blanc, Glash Blanc, Viennier, Roussan, and Marsan. Oh, nice. Yeah. Claret, nice. Yeah. Those are, that's going to make a nice very cool. yeah, yeah. white blend. Super excited. Yeah. Me too. I love Roussan, Marsan blends. Yeah. So much fun. Yeah, we love uh, Roussan. We've already ma- been making Roussan for the last three, four vintages, and uh, we blend usually with Viennier. Uh, we're looking forward to it. Yeah. So, Kip, let me figure out how we connect the time that you are um, making wine at Wild Horse and then how you advance from there. 2016, coming to Wild Horse. And Wild Horse, as I'm sure most of you know, was in the process. It was changing ownership. And uh, that started in 2019. Uh, the acquisition took a long time. Uh, but in summer of, you know, kind of late summer of 2020, or no, I'm sorry, not late summer, uh, late spring, 2020, that's when Josh, uh, Doug pulled back from Peachy Canyon. Uh, Josh was still making the wines for Chronic. Josh and Jake were moving in to take over for Peachy and kind of rebrand. Uh, rebrand they're rebranding. And Just like we call it Peachy 2.0. Peachy 2.0, that's right, yeah. <laughs> so they moved it. They're starting Peachy 2.0. And as Josh was pulling back for Chronic, they started looking for a new winemaker. I'm like, oh, for, I mean, man, those wines are so cool. They're, they're working with the regions that I want to work with. They're working with the varietals that I want to work with. A lot of them already know how to work with. Uh, man, I'm, I tossed my hat in the ring and off to the races I went and, and met with Josh a couple of times and talked and tasted and you know when you on the when you're transitioning especially on a program like Chronic it's been around for so long it's steeped in the region it's got a, a great following you want to make sure that it's in good hands and I'm nervous because I'm sitting there with Josh and you know it's like man I'm bringing wines that I've made in the past to make sure our styles kind of match up and the, and you know Josh and I share a lot of similarities in terms of winemaking style and finally you know after I think it was five rounds five rounds of interviewing I get the call like hey we, we want you to come on board I'm like oh yeah here we are nice but that was July of 2020 uh, and it was you know now I'm looking at a whole cadre of vineyards that I've never worked with getting familiar with the wines and which each one of these wines kind of needs to be in the direction it goes and I'm figuring out what Josh's mentality was and 
was, you know, within, you know, first month, it's like, okay, like I need to go start checking vineyards and talking to growers and introduced, I got introduced to growers and partners and some of them are some old guard farmers and definitely looked at me like, who are you? Mm-hmm. Like, well, Josh says you're all right. I will give you a shot here. Uh, it's and, amazing how connected Josh is. Oh, and you know, it's it's a testament to him. It's a testament to our community and the longstanding relationships that he's had, and you know that I was inheriting and trying, you know, desperately trying, and still am desperately trying not to screw up. Right. Um, I remember the first time I met him. He was my second episode of the Cork Dorks, and uh, we were cleaning out bladder presses with the hose. It was just really hands on. It was so good. Yeah. And then when I went to Zap for the first time, he was introducing me to all these, you know, really well known Zinfandel. Producers. Producers, yeah. Like, oh, this is, you know, Kent Rosenblum over yeah. here. This is, you know, Joel Peterson, the real Joel Peterson. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, <laughs> oh, this is, uh, you know, Gus Gamba. Yeah. And I got a chance to meet these people, some I have great relationships with, because Josh just took a second to walk around this big, you know, concourse with me and really, like, you know, figuratively hold my hand and go, hey, this is guy does this, that guy does that. I mean, that's invaluable. Uh, and, you know, the, I tell this story a lot. So my first harvest, I was bringing the Viognier for our Stone Fox white blend. And it was just, it was too small of an amount for the press to press. And so I had to find a way to press this to get this juiced out so I could ferment it. And Josh goes, here's Richie's number at midnight. Like, give him a call. I'm like, I don't really, I don't really know Richie. He doesn't know me from Adam, right? You know, man, I can make sure this is okay. So I give him a call and he goes, oh yeah, Josh, did you be calling? Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'll press it for you. I'll even come pick it up because it was across the street. The vineyard was across the street from him. He's like, I'll pick it up. Just bring me a couple cases of beer. We'll get you squared away. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Rich. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's a great guy too. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah. It, it, but a testament to Josh, Josh's interconnectivity and yeah. just the, the welcomingness of the region, right? You know, you, I make the joke, you're two phone calls away from getting, from talking to whoever you need to talk to and getting whatever you need uh so but you know him being that gateway for me because uh wild horse people are like oh yeah they know wild horse they know we spent the history there but you know i was new on the scene especially with chronic on on the vineyards that we operate it's like oh okay You're like yeah we'll give you a trout period were you in a healthy way able to balance the idea of one assuming these big responsibilities of a brand and like you mentioned a few minutes ago trying to like you know fill these shoes per se yeah. While also, like, look, I'm a winemaker. I'm, I'm obviously, you know, I'm doing okay. Look where I'm at. I've worked really hard. Mm-hmm. I have some of my own thoughts and feelings in my own wines, yeah. my own signature, my own fingerprints. I want to put on these wines, and I look forward to doing that too. Do you kind of go, oh, don't, don't do it too soon, or do you just kind of like, I'm just gonna like go evolve and shape myself into this, or what? Ooh, I'm trying to not to dive too far down the rabbit hole on that one. Uh, uh, the, you know, just in turn pontificating. Uh, you know. With a brand like Chronic that's been around for so long, as as a winemaker, you're coming in, you can't, you, you, uh, you with our uh, blend we have in the glass, or giant oak, it's a Tanat based blend. I can't go make a, a Pinot style Tanat out of that, right? That's not right. gonna, it's not gonna jive. So it's understanding what each of these wines, what each of these wines have been, what they are, and working within the framework of putting my own style in there. And fortunately, you know, it's like I said, Josh and I have a lot of similarities in wine style. Um, and really trying to work within those barriers. And also at the same time, this is really what I and I've waxed philosophical with Josh many a times. Um, for Chronic, really, we're trying to express the region as a whole, right? So it's this blend we have in our glass here is um, a combination of uh, El Pomar. This not comes from El Pomar and a little bit from Adelaida, Roswell Creek. 
the Grenache is from uh, El Pomar and the Graciano is out. Uh, it's been since removed, but it was out by the schoolhouse in Adelaide. So you have all these regions playing together and really showing what this area can do. And Josh was doing that beforehand. So it's sliding in and then making slight touches and changing things and, you know, without going too far into the process, the winemaking process, but like understanding like maybe we just change this fermentation extraction just a little bit to see what it does and make it, see if we can change it, make it a little bit better. And, you know, one of the things I, I sat with Josh and especially that first harvest, you know, you've got, I'm, I'm taking his baby. I'm taking Josh and Jake's baby and trying to run with it. And, you know, we still make, we still make a lot of these wines at Peachy Canyon. So they're right there with us. And I asked Josh, was like, what's your hope for this, right? I'm the new guy. I'm trying to step in and take this. What do you want to see from these wines? He's like, as long as they keep getting better every year, that's what I want. I'm like, okay, man, that's awesome. Because like, now I'm going to go try some stuff. Like, yeah. Yeah, under the premise of we're trying to make these wines as best as they possibly can be from the vineyards we get. Now, there's another aspect of this that I think can be confusing or maybe chaotic in your head. And that is... Josh no longer is signing these checks. Mm-hmm. And this was Jake and Josh's baby, chronic sellers. Right. But at some point, it gets acquired. It does, yeah. And then although you see this a lot, that they're going to try and keep the winemaker on for a little while, yep. maybe make you know, rip off that Band-Aid slowly, at least for the consumers. Sure. And, and I think it's great for the brand. It's great for everyone. But at some point, with Josh kind of channeling out of the winemaking and really your checks being signed by another entity, yep. you want to like, you're still trying to fulfill this legacy that Josh, and now you know you know him well, you've got a good rapport with them, trying to fulfill that. But also, you're trying to fulfill whatever the boss is telling you to do. Right. And I'm, I'm fortunate with the group that owns, a, a, that is the parent company for Chronic, which is called WX Brands. Uh, and that's a concern, too, especially when you're dealing with larger entities. I've worked with larger entities before, and there's some uh, that, and I've been, I've been privileged to work for a couple of them where you know, they understand why they're hiring people like me. You know, they're like, we know you know what you're doing. Like, so... We know you're not going to change. You're not going to do anything too crazy. You're going to make these wines taste the best they possibly can. Unfortunately, WX has been good enough to me to where they brought me on and they tasted the wines I'd made previously. And they go, "Yeah, we we have faith that you know you're going to. We know you're going to make these wines better. We know you understand the brand." We know you understand what these wines need to be, and you're going to do the best you possibly can. I feel Chronic has um, a real face to Paso that's like, hey, all these, you know, you still got some, you know, very specific, you got your wine club wines. We're going to get into those in a second, mm-hmm. like we talked about this Tanop blend. But also, as Chronic, the reason it got acquired was yep. this popularity. And yep, hey, let's, let's put So Fucking Bueno in more uh, houses, more shelves, more tables. Absolutely. And then, yeah. of course, the, the skews increased. So the Purple Paradise became big. Yep. And, Miss the petite one. What is it? Miss uh, petite? Sweet petite. Sweet petite. Yeah, right. sweet petite. Yeah. So, um, and then people have been always having such a kick out of you know the names, yeah, the sure. vibe, yep. and that's that's growing. So the the amount of tables that you're putting this bottle on is growing. Yeah, exactly. You know, and one of the things with Chronic too, especially with those wines that we've got in distribution, you know, Purple Paradise, Surreal, or Cabernet Sauvignon, you know, Petite Syrah, Sweet Petite, and so if King Bueno, this is the flagship skew, the red blend. Um, you know, is that that sense of irreverence, but the wines deliver, right? The wines are there. You can grab them at the store and go, whoa, man, that's really incredible. And you can taste Paso in that glass. You can taste the sweet petite. You can taste the fact that it's from, you know, the San Juan Creek district where Petit Sirah just loves the heat. Um, you can taste, you know, uh, that bright fruit characteristic of the Zen from Purple Paradise. That's, we get the Zen out of French camp. Uh, and it's really fruit driven, but, you know, it has this kind of, I call it a Swiss Army knife. Um, <laughs> Swiss Army knife wine because it's good for everything. Um, you know, at Sova King, you can taste. You can taste. That's from. Oh, that's from. You can taste Willow Creek. You can taste Adelaide. You yeah. can taste all of these different regions in that glass. 
Did you feel like once the you came in, was there a desire? To, they were always they were always so wild with the names, you know, yeah. like the Mister Nibbles, or wasn't there one about like J- Jake still gives me names? Yeah, really, like, <laughs> he still gives like, me uh, names. Wasn't there like something not these nuts, but some kind of nuts? Oh, dead one. nuts, dead nuts, dead nuts. Right? Yeah, we still have that. One. I mean, yeah. so I mean, and obviously this brand, the reason they acquired them is because they were into that vibe. That yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was you know it was this the sense of like I said the sense of reverence like you know and uh, I always pitch it as like the labels are fun, the wines are serious. You know we. You know, and it's this, and we're all part of that. You know, we live and die by this stuff. We are in it as far as you can possibly go. But at the same time, with the vibe with Chronic, and I've, I've kind of, you know, again, Josh and Jake and I have waxed philosophical, like, man, it's just grapes. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just wine. Yeah. But at the same time, like, all of us on this level, we're like, and we're so into this, you know, like, ah, you know, maybe if we change this barrel type next time, it's going to make this one that much better. Down to the granular level, but you know, it's at the same time, it's it's one where it's unpretentious, it's welcoming, um, it's very approachable from uh, a consumer standpoint in terms of a vibe of the wine. Yeah, yeah Verinder, it's so interesting because when you look at whatever we're to expect this year, as opposed, you were mentioning just how last year was like so it was crazy with the heat and the this and the that and the timing. Uh, is it is it are you almost a little nervous to be making it in a new spot, or is this kind of funny? Like you get to put everything where you want it, and oh, it was very nerve-wracking yeah. it was uh, because we know uh, as a, it was, there was no three phase here we had to get that the whole line was new so there were a lot and I was so spoiled making wine at dinner that you know that's one of the best facilities here so yeah we had to get a lot of equipment I was uh, joking with uh, Kip before I said I said there are three banks I had a line of credit I maxed them all because I wanted to get a, the yeah. best possible <laughs> equipment uh, for winemaking you know? but at the end of the day it was really really fun um, even though the 2022 harvest, you know, we all want to forget Honestly, about it. Honestly, those are the years where the winemaker is especially important. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. so that's 22 is the is a vintage for the winemaker. And despite the challenges we had during the harvest, um, I, I think it, for, for Copia, it's one of our personal best vintages. That's exciting. That's yeah. really exciting. That's great to hear, yeah. Now, when uh, we'll talk about the, the wine, what you see in the vineyards and the winemaking in a second, but as you're coming in to this new spot in 23 here, what were some of the things that you wanted to kind of, you know, like, we can do this now, and we couldn't before, or, you know, things like that. What's really exciting for us is to have everything in one place. Yeah. So before, you, you really wouldn't... Um, know where to find Verinda or me because we, we have our, our vineyard in the Willow Creek District. We're making wine at Denner on Vineyard Drive. We had a tasting room in downtown. So we're we're kind constantly, you know, like road warrioring Although it's not that much driving in Paso, but we are, you know, going from one place to the next. I like so, that term. I'm going to use that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, you for sure, Kip. <laughs> a lot of vineyards. But for us, I mean, this is this is now a home with everything in one place. We get to grow the grapes in the place where we're making the wine in the place where people are able to taste the wine. And uh, what's really most exciting about this place is, you know, the hospitality program that we can roll out here. Um, it's been a, a long time coming where we, we have this beautiful lineup of wines that we can maybe drink in context with the food pairing. You can also just do the wine flight. So to me, that's the most exciting to be, have everything in one place and to really be able to tell the story in a way that translates like right before your eyes. What are some things that we're able to do now that we just didn't either get into before or or didn't at all? 
Um, some of the things that we're able to do, obviously, is to, to have an actual culinary pairing that goes with the wine. Um, so that's that's one thing. Space to have the space to be able to ju- just something so simple like lining up three four glasses at, at once. Right. To have the space is is really key um, for us. And then also the cellar to be able to incorporate the cellar into the experience is another thing that I think I think guests are just so excited to be able to see the winemaking space and to hear how something goes from a field into their glass uh, and to be able to show them that. So those are the key things for us. Um, and we're as much focused on on farming as we are um, on the winemaking, what Kip said in terms of getting down to the granular level. We're all doing that. Um, we're all doing that, you know, down to the very minute little procedure. We're like, okay, should we do that again? Or right. should we not do that again? And I think with this property, we also have a small house that came with it, and we want to convert that into uh, sort of uh, uh, for Copia Club's get, you know, uh, place. You know, they, where the club members can hang out. Uh, we add more uh, uh, from like rent it out, Airbnb it. No, 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 just to hang out. You know, right. just have uh, we have a chef on staff to kind of start doing some more intimate oh, cool. uh, events with the, with the club members. That sounds like fun. Yeah. yeah. What In 2023, what are you seeing in your vineyards? What are you noticing? In a later year, I was talking to a vineyard manager a couple of days ago. It was like, could be a later, a, you know, lighter and later. Lighter for sure, because I think uh, our three weeks in June were pretty, uh, temperature was pretty, um, uh, not that mild, hot, yeah. mild. And we feel like, you know, our fruit set is pretty light especially with the Syrah. Um, Syrah ganache has quite a bit of shatter. Um, Cabernet too, lower places of the uh, vineyard. So I think lighter, um, depending on the weather now going forward, uh, could be late as well. Um, but, you know, uh, definitely lighter. How did you get that message out to all your fans? Like, hey, we're we're moving, baby. Literally, you know, personally, you know, just said, hey, we're yeah. moving. Come check out the new place. As a member, we want you to enjoy this. It's one of your club benefits to come and do tastings. And uh, for some... For some, you know, they've just been waiting to be able to taste copia on a vineyard property because we have our vineyard property. Um, we just don't have a tasting room on that site yet. So this is kind of like coming full circle in that way. Uh, and now we have two estates that we get to talk about. And I think two of the, the finest growing areas of Paso. So we're really excited to see what this vineyard develops into and how it can add to the copia program. Do you find that your fans are curious to all the different areas of Paso? I mean, obviously, they've. Most people are here. They get educated on. Oh, we have a lot of microclimates. You know, it's a pretty big growing region too. Do they care? Like, oh, Willow Creek. Where's that? Like, do they? Are they into the eleven sub AVAs? I, I think there are two kinds of uh, guests. The guests who. Um, really know about Paso Robles and they've been coming here for 10, 12 years, they definitely know what is Willow Creek, what is Adelaide, Temporal Gap, you know, Al- Pomar, Estria, whatever. But then there are the people who are new to Paso. Uh, for them, it is, of course, it's education they received during their visit. And uh, so you get a, you know, I would say 
What was the first white that we had earlier? So this this white actually is just kind of an example of how we've how we've built this brand before we had fruit coming online. It's from a sourced vineyard and it's from South actually, um, from Bien Nacido. It's own rooted Chardonnay from 1973, the original planting of Bien Nacido. It's called Amrit, which means uh, timeless. Um, kind of a, a nod to the to the uh, age of those vines, and it also means nectar. Now, how did you get uh, some of that good Biennacito fruit, some of that old Chardonnay? Because not anybody can just get that from Asking there. really yeah, right. nicely. Yeah. <laughs> and we've, been, uh, we've been getting their Syrah since 2019, and uh, we have a great relationship with the Miller family. Yeah, so they're fantastic. They're awesome people. Yeah, I did a broadcast for their grand opening. They have a tasting room now yes, yes. at their place, which is yeah. great. Next time, this year, we're definitely going to go there while yeah. we're checking the food. We've been seeing it being constructed. It's so cool. And then the Solomon Hill stuff is exciting. But these are some really, really old vines and they make beautiful fruit. And I know not only is it hard to get, but it's also to get a vineyard designated and to get that. I mean, they're not just letting anybody put that yeah, they know, need to, name they, on there. They, they need to see your label. They need to taste the wine and make sure that, you know, wh- when you use the Bien Nacido name, it's, it's deserving. And so we feel very blessed and lucky that they feel like it's, we're worthy of that. And then you poured me a red. What was that red wine? Yeah, that's, well, it's our Swiss Army knife. We call it the cure. <laughs> right. It is, uh, it is basically a GSM. This year in 2020, it happened to be SGM, but uh, fruit comes from two amazing vineyards here in Paso Robles, Villa Creek District, uh, Danner and Fuldra. So Sarah is primarily from Danner and uh, um, Ganache and Muedra from uh, Fuldra. Again, great places to get fruit. I yeah. mean, these are just great connections. Well, we were we were really lucky when we first came to Paso. Um, it was only 2015, very, very recently. And we did this educational tour where we went to all kinds of vineyards, east side, west side, large, small. I think the smallest person we went to at that time was Close Solen when Guillaume was making barrel by barrel in Tin City. And, and the largest was Jaylor, you know, or Eberly. Um, and so we got to see really the depth and breadth of what Paso really is. And in that in that visit, Verinder had struck up a relationship with Eric Jensen over at Booker. So in 2016, when we became Paso's oldest interns uh, at, <laughs> at Booker Vineyards, where we also, you know, volunteered to work right. for free and yeah. really hard. Yeah, no, sure. Um, yeah. That, no day off. that was yeah. the reason why we got to really see, you know, this beautiful fruit in practice in the winemaking practice and then strike up relationships and learn you know hey where, where might we be able to source great Syrah, great Grenache, great Morvedra in, in year one when nobody knows us? Hey, we're coming to town and making wine. You know, very eye-roll-worthy eye yeah. <laughs> statement for people who just have never done it before. But because I think, you know, we put the time in and we learned and, and we saw it right before our eyes, we were lucky to be able to create relationships. And, and I definitely second what Kip said. I mean, that is part of the amazing amazing quality of Paso people and the Paso spirit. Yeah, there's networking and then there's making relationships yeah. and building those. And it's, it's very different. Yeah. Absolutely. 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 I mean, we, we consider these people not, you know, growers. We consider them friends. Right. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. 
are they using you to sell the wine too? Like, are we putting Kip on a plane and doing so, a winemaker dinner? Sometimes and, Kip gets on a plane. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> winemaker dinner in Colorado <laughs> yeah. Springs. Or, yes. Oh, that's that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty. I haven't been to a real uh, glamorous one like that. But you know, I, I get out in the local market. And you talk to people. I've made Shreveport, a few trips. Louisiana. I don't know. <laughs> that'd be I'd be really cool. I'd be pretty stoked to go there. <laughs> so, so that's kind of cool. Do you like? Do we like doing these? Do we like doing some of these winemaker dinners? Uh, yeah, and you, you know, for me, I I talk too much as it is. So if like I'm given an avenue to keep talking, I just keep doing it. See, some don't like it. Some like the last thing they want to do is have to get in the front of a lot of people, talk about the wine at every course. Mm-hmm. I imagine you're very good at that. Well, Especially you. I mean, both of you present yourselves very well. But you are just, I mean, you are very, I imagine you're very good at these dinners and stuff. Well, we, I, I think it comes very naturally to me just because of um, my background in broadcast. <laughs> you know, talking to people. I was like, I, I was the man on the street interview gal, you know, young in my career. So you have to like jump into a situation, right. assess it and figure out, you know, who am I going to talk to? What am I going to talk to them about? Got to learn the story. But Did we just, talk about that before? Remind me what you did. I think we did. But I started, uh, I studied broadcast journalism at Northwestern University in Chicago. And then I very quickly changed careers, even though I love that and storytelling is a very big part of my personal passion. You wanted to make money. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was more, it was more, I mean, I went in the other direction. Exactly. I, I went yeah. from making okay money in broadcast to making even less money when I jumped into the world of restaurants. Right. Oh, that's right. You did restaurants. Yeah. So I most of that. my time was spent in, in restaurants and hospitality, which is why I have that what one might call the hospitality gene like that yes so storytelling and hospitality those are two things that i just love like i eat breathe sleep you know bleed it yeah so that that i and love you're good at it and like you're authentic she, she's like, you amazing know? well i think authenticity is something and being genuine yeah. is something that again part of the paso spirit which is why so many people love coming here mm-hmm. to taste wine as opposed to maybe other wine regions. But I also think that um, just being genuine is at the very core of what we what we do here. Uh, Verinder and I, similar to Kip, I mean, we're from outside of the world of wine. And even though he's, Verinder's saying I'm good at it, he's really good at it too. I mean, we both have uh, that gene, so to speak, where we love to learn about people find out where they come from, make a connection, love to talk to people. And this is just, this is the fun part, you know? Yeah, and because I think you're partners and you know each other so well, like even just about four or five minutes ago, like, I mean, people listening didn't see like your hand literally just kind of like, like pick up from here. And then you ended a sentence, he was able to pick it right up. You know, yeah. that's a very close relationship. I'm working on training him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Verinder? Do you like these these types of um, face-to-face moments with fans of the wine? Absolutely. The, the winemaker? Dinners, uh, absolutely. Uh, I was, you know, as Anita said, um, in the beginning, I was, no, you know, I came from marketing and sales myself. Yeah. And, um, but, uh, you know, talking about, uh, you know, uh, your own wines uh, wasn't something natural to me in the beginning, but now I am okay with that's, that. That's true, actually. That's fun. Really? That's yeah. fun because to us, they're like children. Yeah. You know, yeah, they really are, especially now that we're farming our own grapes and in, starting in the 21 vintage, we're going to find copia estate reds in bottle. And that's what our club is getting this fall. This is a very exciting time for us because it's like sending your children out into exactly. the world. Right. right. You know, you know th- those are the plants we planted uh, in 18 and 19 and then 
21 was our first harvest and those fruits finally we bottled a couple of weeks ago and it's so exciting you know i'm so curious because we talked a little bit about we talked a little bit about this before with nita and kunal because we talked about that cultural indian connection but there are aspects, and there could be stereotypes, of the Indian culture that I feel are so cool. And one is like, there's a, there's a good chunk of Indian people here in Paso. They all dress beautifully and impeccably. Like, you're always, you guys always look so sharp. And, and then also just like the familial way you get welcomed in. I think, are, are, am I crazy? In, or or are, these, are these real decisive things within the culture that, that get born out and I'm, I'm noticing something no these are the values that we grow up with you know the, these things especially uh, um, welcoming people home uh, having uh, even today uh, we have an amazing dinner coming you know Psalm's Kitchen is coming to our vineyard with their guests really so we love to have that you know it's just uh, uh, where we're going to showcase our wines and of course he's going to bring his um, uh, wines but it is something that we we it's hard for us to say no. Yeah. It, we, it just is part of the culture, and uh, that's how we grow up. You know, it's always yes. Yeah, there's a real heart yeah. attached yeah. to it. Yeah. Get, guest, uh, the guest is actually the most important. This is a very, uh, very much a part of our culture. Are either of your parents still alive? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so, all the, of them. so, the, so all of them. So, the, do they have? What have they thought about just this turn? Both of you in very different aspects and paths. Oh. And then, one, what, do, did they like the other person when you first met? I yeah. think so. Yeah. Yes. No. Yes. For me, uh, my parents were finally pleased with somebody that I brought home. Yes. So <laughs> it worked. It worked in my favor. I love it. As far as how they feel about the wine business, I think you know. At first, they they thought we were a little insane, um, huh. and they partially still do. <laughs> a little right, <laughs> especially in harvest. They're not incorrect. Oh, yeah. yeah. So my parents yeah. live with us most of the time, uh, at least um, six months in a year, um, and during the harvest, they look us uh, look at us coming home dirty and late and long hours. You know, average hours, you know, 12 to 15 hours. Uh, and, and coming the, from a professional life before I, that where we're yeah, wearing right. suits. Yeah. Right. And they're like, my mom is like, do you really have to do this? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's She's so it's, changed that statement to now, well, I guess it's your choice. choice. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, the disappointment in that statement. I know, right. Powerful. Ooh, so it strong. is. The mom guilt. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> Anita, so how can folks taste uh, the wines here of Copia? Do you need an appointment? What's the deal? So we do appointments um, in advance for the culinary experience. So a flight of five wines with food pairings. But walk-ins are, are more than welcome here. We have a wine flight, and you can book for that online as well. You just visit copiavineyards.com. Click visit us, and you'll see all of our experiences. Occasionally, we do special dinners and uh, experiences outside of the tasting room, which you can also book at that place. Um, I want to go to one of those. I want to go to one of your dinners sometime. That would be fun. Uh, be July awesome. 28th, we took over the first seating of Libretto Live Music Venue. So for all of our club members, uh, mostly our club members, are, are going to be attending that where we've bought out the whole place and we're going to do Indian food pairing Fun. with the wine. So That's cool. check the website, join our email list. That's how you learn about these special events. And we're probably going to be doing one every month. That's cool. Yeah. Good. And it's, I mean, you have such a cool property here. 
it's really it's really cool to see what you guys are going to do with it how you're going to make it your own and and how you're going to use you know, this beautiful patio the stuff inside and um so if you want to do it with the food you got to make an appointment and say the website once again copiavineyards.com copiavineyards.com now that's the name of the brand but we now we have two sets of vineyards are they both copia vineyards are we naming the vineyards specially yes. individually or what yes no we're calling um, copia estate at willow creek mm-hmm. and copia estate at adelaide okay there you go cool uh, how can people taste the wines of chronic my friend uh we are at 2020 nasimino lake drive just upstreet from copia here um we do take walk-ins as well uh, on the weekends we get pretty busy so it helps you book a reservation ahead of time and then um what is it tasting is it a few different wines or you got some of the the like are they going to be able to taste like the sofa king buenos there and the- so we do we do have all those wines there we don't usually keep them open but we will open them up for customers because we uh, you know they're available for sale but our flights are six wines a piece we do offer cheese pairings as well and there we have two uh, that we're currently on our spring flight, which is six, and then in the fall we'll switch over to six uh, different ones for the fall flight. So did you have fun, Anita? I had an amazing time. Thanks, Adam. I love when I get a chance to talk to you guys. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks for checking out our new spot. Yes, Absolutely. yeah, one yeah, of the we'll first. Love it. One of the first people. This is your still very brand new soft opening status. Yes. So if someone goes online, they can actually look and see how they can get in, right? Yeah, Yeah. if someone goes online, this is the only place you can come and taste Copia now. We've moved completely from our downtown location to this Adelaida estate. What does Paso need right now? If you were just like, when you're talking with your friends, like, oh man, we need a... An Indian restaurant that we do not run. Exactly. There you go. Is there anything else? Or is there like, uh, what's your go-to for like Mexican? Or is there any... Like, you, you, no, we, we go to Fish Cacho yeah, Mexican. Yeah. There are a couple La of Reina other... Market. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, La, yeah. La Reina is over, uh, especially the harvest lunches. Yep. Yeah. And what, whoever that lady is who's walking around with tamales every time you get your hair cut at the barber shop. Tamale lady? Yeah. Tamale lady. Oh my God. How often do you hit up the barber? Every week. Oh every week, huh? Because yeah. you are always very tight yeah. and sharp. Yes. So you have like a running time with the dude or what yeah 11 o'clock have you ever been into the barber shops in paso because this particular one junior's barber shop over on 13th street it was across the the street from uh our downtown tasting room where it was and i ever occasionally i'll walk in there because i'm in the neighborhood just to tell verinder something really quickly this is like the dude's hangout and i i kid you not like the whole room goes silent when i walk in. oh yeah <laughs> I was like, okay gentlemen as you were yeah. i mean you guys are gossipier than the ladies oh, barbershops yeah. are the shit they're, no, oh, yeah. they're awesome they're great got the record scratch when you walked in yeah right <laughs> and then do they have like the chair that like oh yeah and then oh that's oh, so the cool warm towel yeah. oh, the warm towels. Towels. it's his weekly straight razor yeah, yeah weekly therapy yeah. spa session i got whatever. it is a i got a lot of my friends going there now julian from le petit canet oh, no. Skip from uh, Hawkeye. So they're all going there. It's, it's fun. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Now, the, the thing is, like, I have a, a dude who does my hair in slow, and you start recommending people, then you start, they're booked up when you want them. Yeah. You know, it's like, wait a minute. I don't know if this was the right thing yeah. I should have been doing here. Who knows? Maybe I'll see you over there sometime. Absolutely. I'll try and book out also an 11. <laughs> and just hang out. Yeah. It's so good. That, that, do you do, like, any, like, beard oils and everything? You have such an immaculate, majestic beard. No, <laughs> no he does, but I, I don't. You don't do anything at no, home? No. Yeah, you never got into the beard oils? Because they do the beard oils. You're like, they you know. do, yeah. He does. and I, I. Do you do a little trimming like uh, every day or no? Yeah, little, little lines. Yeah. 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 What kind of little electric thing? Is the little like thin thing or what is it? No, I just use the regular razor. Oh, right. Okay, got it. Yeah. I love it. That's cool. Yeah. Good, man. Um, where, 
where's your? You got a nice little beard too. So where where do you get yours done? Uh, this is this is all Kip all the time, right? You now. ever go to a barber? Uh, not no. I just go. I get my hair cut at uh, Clippers and Slow. Yeah, once every few months. And I, I mean, I've been shaving since I was seventh grade. So, Dude. Yeah, no, my my dad's got this gigantic beard. A lot of good beard genetics. I started there. shaving in May. <laughs> you know I, mean? like, I feel like I was so late to the game. You know what I mean? It's so crazy. So yeah, no. So you were shaving for a long time. Oh yeah. And then I remember growing up, there was this kid named Danny Weichel, and he was a beast. He was just taller and bigger than everyone. Do was shaving, probably like you know fifth grade, and then like he would, he would, in, in little league, dude would bat, you know, switch hitting. Oh yeah. Just, oh wow. You know, go yard whether he was left or right-handed based on the pitcher. I mean, it was like Danny Weichel is like he's on a, some a, performance enhancing. Yeah, I know it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was like playing against an adult. It was so so interesting when you have this. So you should try. Do you want to try going to a barber? I don't, I don't know. I, like I'm so utilitarian when it comes to like. A, You're very simple that way. Very like it's one of those things like I I don't want to think about. I, I it works. And I just keep you know I keep. I mean, even I, more of a reason why I wanted you to I want you to try one now. Maybe we uh, all go together. What, what is, give me a thirty second sales pitch on why you should try a barber. Oh, I, I this is gonna be a, this is gonna be intense. I, I, <laughs> I since uh, you know just before COVID I started going to the barber. It's the best uh, forty five. Minutes, one hour is yeah. you know it's a, almost like a therapy. Yeah, it's like the hot towel oh, and the gels that they use. They're just like oh, and then they, and then you're just sitting there, and then you know they'll straight razor you, and you don't even feel it. And then it's like they put you in this thing. It f- makes you feel like you're in like one of Elon's SpaceX things. <laughs> Your seats like a, you're like I swear to God, my hair is about to hit the floor. Yeah. I must be inverted right now. But um, it's just the coolest oh. thing. And they put you in sleep. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it literally can. It yeah. gets so relaxing. One of uh, my my girlfriend has this charge that she levels at me all the time we've been dating for long enough now where when i first we first started dating she was kind of taken aback she's like god you just like to suffer meaning like like if it's comfortable i typically don't do it or if it's like you know i'm always in this baseline state of discomfort and like so that prospect of you saying like oh it's super relaxing like that's so funny (laughs) well it's you know when i go get my hair cut you know it's like i'm I'm in there for 20 minutes bing bang boom i'm done you know i I shave probably much less than i should and i look by you know three days into the week i look like a caveman uh oh, you at harvest must be like chrome oh huh? no it's it's just obscene do you, you know? wait do you not shave during harvest like some of these guys do i, I can't it, it just it be, i mean yeah. i get i get a five i'm shaving in the morning i get a five o'clock shadow by two in the afternoon like yeah. it's usually you know i'll get hair up to my up to my eyes up here wow look like look just disheveled and super manly it's just cave is caveman stuff <laughs> would you be willing to on one occasion Try a barber. Maybe we report back and we talk about it. I would have to like. I would if I got a running start at it. Like I knew the appointment was coming. Well, yeah. Mentally wrap my head around it. Like okay. yeah, I could probably do it. Like, I, mean, I tried you, that. You talk about mentally get your head around it. Like you're going in for a root canal. <laughs> I mean, this is. I'm an, telling you, it's man. A great experience. <laughs> this is way outside of my comfort zone. And that's what this is about. That's what <laughs> I, you know. And I'll do something. Maybe you can find something for me to do outside my comfort zone. But I think it would be wonderful. To, I think you would really like it. All right. I All think, right. I, I will. I will give you a soft yes. Okay. Soft. Yes, teetering on a soft, maybe. I know, yeah. (laughs) Kip, it was really a pleasure to meet you, man. And thank you so much for having me, Adam. It was great meeting you and great being on. Great meeting you, Vern. Great meeting you, Kip, too. And you've been listening to the podcast. I have, yeah. Yeah, you've got great guests on. Yeah. And you do a fantastic job. Oh, that really means a lot. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Do you have any favorites that stand out? The Ken Volk one. The, really? Yeah, that one was just, that one was, and because I had such a personal connection to Wild Horse, um, and, you know, I still get Viognier from the estate. Which is great. So there's, I still get to keep some of that connection, um, and it's great because I know how the vineyard behaves. 
but that one, and then when you deal with Randy and Josh. Uh, yeah, Randy Heinzen and Josh Beckett. Yeah, yeah. you know, those two, those two guys have such a wealth of knowledge between them and hearing them kind of riff off each other. And I, I get a couple of vineyards. And you, I like that one, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, both of us are very familiar with Randy. I have a few vineyards I work with him on. And uh, Randy's got uh, such a wealth of knowledge. And I'll tell a charming Randy story. Hopefully he doesn't mind. Uh, this past vintage, Harvest 2022, where people always just ask how to go, and people just respond go, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got some Zinfandel and um, we had an issue where like, man, this is way below the bricks I sampled and uh, it worked, everything worked out. Okay. I'm going to preface it with that. Uh, I called Randy at four in the morning and I called him and I'm, I, it was, I'm a, I shot him a text, I'm like Randy, you know, we got this issue with bricks are much lower than what I sampled at. And he goes, I'm up, give me a call. You know, I'm, he goes I'm like, Hey Randy, like we're, we're a few bricks below where originally sampled. This is kind of way below what I'd like. And he goes, huh? How about that? <laughs> like Randy. <laughs> and everything worked out great. We worked it out. It was, it was a blind score to find. Oh, yeah. It was one of those. You know, it was Zinf- I love that. Oh, yeah. It was, it was an issue. This, you know, Zinfandel is one of those where a lot of ra- sometimes when you pick it, there's a lot of yeah. raisins. And it was just so raisiny that the only thing juicing out was the underripe fruit. So it was slow. Oh, so man. Was probably- oh, yeah. Yeah, because those clusters are notoriously oh. very varied. You'll have green fruit. Yeah. You'll have raisins on the same cluster. Oh, yeah. The joke is you walk in, you see a Zin cluster, and it's half a third of it's ripe. A third of it's green, a third yeah. of it's raisins. You're like, well, that's good to go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but right. it, it worked out, you know. And I was talking to him, like, hey, do you have like, are you guys are type of harvesters where you're taking everything? It's like, oh, yeah, they'll take everything. I'm like, yeah. we'll be fine in two days. Yeah. <laughs> Called 20- the winery. I'm like, wait, two days. Yeah, 2022 soak ups were so, up, oh, so much exactly. higher than what you've sampled at. Yeah. 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 Randy was a great episode. Josh was great. He was real complimentary of you on and off the air. It was really cool. Oh, that's nice. Uh, the stories have been really cool. So I've been, it's, it was really, I was really looking forward to, to meeting you because it's fun to do some. And before, last time I talked to you guys, that was my first time meeting you. Exactly. So this was the episode where I had already met you and Anita before, and uh, you were the new guest on. So I just couldn't have been more uh, thrilled to have uh, both Verinda and uh, you and Anita on here. And then, of course, you, Kip. It was awesome, man. Yeah, thank you. Thank thank you. Well, cheers, and thanks for sharing where wine takes you. Cheers. 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 Thank you. Give me that moonshine, boogie bow. We pass on round till the job is camped out in the trees. It will simplify good company. What a great combo. I loved it. Really nice meeting Kip Lorenzetti. He is the winemaker for Chronic Cellars. I guarantee you, we are going to bring back some audio with he and I going to the barber. It's a done deal. Kip, I'm sorry, man. You're going to love it, by the way. You're going to love it, my man. And also, so much fun talking to Anita and Verinder Sahi. They're from Copia Vineyards. Check out their new spot. Uh, give them a big housewarming hug and let them know you heard them on the Where Wine Takes You podcast. Someone else you've heard on the Where Wine Takes You podcast, Jeff from Vine Cycle Tours, our Travel Paso Spotlight. We talked to Jeff in the spring. Weather was quite different than it is now. I promised him I would reconnect with him to see how the summer. He does a company with his wife, Melissa, where they take these e-bikes through the vineyards. It's just a great way and not, you know, it, it's, it's exercise, but let's be honest, it's, it's easy exercise. It's recreational exercise, if you will. And uh, it just sounds like such a great way to appreciate the vineyards and get a real feel, tangible feel about what it's like in between those rows. Jeff's on the phone. Jeff, it's great to talk to you, my man. How's the summer treating you? Hey, Adam, good to chat with you. I'm doing great. Thanks. Now, the last time we chatted, it was in the spring and we had, you know, two months of rain already behind us and it was it still had not stopped maybe you know two dozen or more atmospheric rivers later 
uh, your your business had changed a little bit in that context to be, you know, um, that's an understatement. But I definitely said, I remember saying at the time, Jeff, I want to talk to you during the summer when things are picked up. Well, the weather is back at it. And I wanted to see how the Vine Cycle Biz is doing. Hey, thanks, Adam. I appreciate that. And a lot has happened since we spoke. We're uh, out in the vineyards doing guided e-bike tours, and now we're seeing the impact of all that rain we had over the winter. Just some some amazing uh, grape canopies, uh, vine canopies out in the vineyards. And uh, it's it's been great to see these vineyards come to life after that epic winter we had. And it certainly has an, a really cool situation to be out there on those e-bikes where, you know, it's kind of like this assisted uh, I don't know how do, how do you kind of word it? it's like it's like an assisted exercise in a way like you're you're doing stuff but it's not like you're putting in too much work where it's still not a lot of fun you know absolutely and we're uh, featuring electric assist bicycles by Specialized they're our supplier when you turn the pedals you get the benefit of a motor that's attached to the uh, the cranks basically which the pedals attach to so you can dial up the assist there's a eco tour or turbo mode it basically uh, supplements your energy as you're pedaling the bike so it makes it a very social ride conversational you're not huffing and puffing uh, but it allows people to kind of spin silently through the vineyards and get the benefit of seeing and experiencing everything in the vineyard without you know being a hardcore workout yeah you put it so perfectly that's uh, exactly right i love it and some of the wineries that you work with i mean to tour around and and cycle through the famed you know vineyards of justin you know you got that big chateau there the beautiful rolling hills uh, justin is one that you guys are at all the time right yeah we're there every saturday and there's so many stories out there you know justin baldwin was one of the the early wineries in Paso, and we ride right by. In fact, the first stop on the tour is what they refer to as the Founders Vineyard. It's one he planted himself in the early 80s, and it's own-rooted Cabernet Sauvignon. And the story goes that he actually had a rope, and every seven feet he tied a knot in the rope. He laid it out in, in a long row, and then they planted the vines every seven feet. And then as the decades went on, they you know, they've changed some of their planting strategies. And so our guests have the benefit of seeing the original vineyard and then kind of how things have changed over the years as they've incorporated new ideas about vine and row spacing and creating more stress and more flavor in the grapes. So it's, it's pretty interesting. Now, as Vine Cycle Tours gets more popular and more well-known, you're starting to increase these relationships with partner wineries. Robert Hall is one that you're working with now, and I love this because they do some really exciting stuff in the vineyard. They're one of just a couple wineries I even know of that have ventured very deep, almost beyond biodynamic and organic farming to regenerative viticulture. And they have, they have a vineyard out there where you could like literally stand on one side and stand on the other and see the difference in these farming practices. And you take your tours right through there. We do. Yeah, it's a, it's a really exciting program that we're new in the last month offering tours out at Robert Hall. And to that credit, they have made this regenerative field study a public project, and they're, they're hosting seminars periodically throughout the year and bringing in other, inviting other vineyards to come in and learn along with them. But the, uh, the whole focus of the regenerative project is to build up soil health, sequester carbon in the soil, and improve the quality of grapes and wine. 
And uh, yeah, for us, we're able to basically ride out into the vineyard and basically get off the bikes and straddle two areas, you know, one, a sustainably farmed block of vines and the regenerative farm. And people can, can look, get a close look and, uh, you know, start to see the difference and learn about the, the nuances of these farming techniques. One more winery. I love the folks at High Camp and uh, Megan and Spencer, super cool couple and a great story. We did a podcast with them and that's another one that you're working with. And you go north of Paso into some of these vineyards in say the San Miguel area. And it's very special, very beautiful and almost has a look of Paso that maybe Paso had, you know, a decade, 15 years ago, because a lot of these hills are untapped still. And it's just raw beauty. It is, yeah. You get up there, it's almost like time stands still. And uh, Melissa and I started this company with the idea that we were going to use electric bikes as a way to tell stories, to you know, get people out and ride around. And you know, that really comes through at High Camp as well. It's it's such a beautiful spot. The work that Spencer and Megan are doing out there is, you know, they've got eleven varietals under cultivation, and it's it's one of the highest vineyards out there east of San Miguel. So the views are absolutely spectacular. And the tour is really a kind of a deep dive into the unique terroir of their of their site. And we have another tour coming up with them on July 23rd that we're, we're really looking forward to. And I think that's up on their website now if your listeners want to check it out. Yeah, you can check out highcampwines.com. Also, I encourage you to check out vinecycletours.com. Learn all about Jeff and Melissa. These guys have hospitality and touring deep in their past and in their heart. I can't wait to get out there myself. I know I've still yet to do it, but the weather's nice, so it'll be it'll be soon, my friend. Okay, I'm looking forward to it. We are overdue, Adam. And, you know, as one paper boy that used to deliver papers on a bike to another, we got to get out there and ride. <laughs> remember that you remembered. I love that about you, man. We got to get out there and ride indeed. <laughs> Jeff from Vine Cycle Tours, thank you so much for sharing where wine takes you and where these Vine Cycle Tour e-bikes takes you. You bet. Thanks, Adam. Cheers. Thanks to Jeff of Vine Cycle Tours, vinecycletours.com. Let them know you heard them on the Where Wine Takes You podcast and check them out. What a fun idea for something to do. You know, I always have people asking me what to do beyond just tasting. There you go. Vinecycletours.com. Let Jeff or Melissa know that you heard it on the Where Wine Takes You podcast and have a blast. And who knows? I'm going to be out there soon, so I might be on that tour with you. What an episode today. we got a lot of great episodes coming up down the pike. The California Mid-State Fair is coming up. The Cork Dorks, I'll be broadcasting live every single day at the fair. It was so much fun. Last year, I had so many people that would come up to me during my broadcast at the fair that specifically listen to the podcast. Not even so much like the radio show, the morning show, or the Cork Dorks. It was like, hey, I listen to the podcast. I'm from out of town or wherever. And it was so great. So hopefully, I get a chance to say hello to you if you're going to be in Paso and you're coming by the California Mid-State Fair. I want to say July 19th through the 30th. The Where Wine Takes You podcast is executive produced by Joel Peterson and Paso Wine. Associate producer is Jen Bravo. And thanks to Jamie Guzman for fulfillment. The podcast is recorded, edited, and produced by yours truly. Original music on the podcast. Good company performed by Moonshiner Collective. Check them out, moonshinercollective.com. They have a lot of dates that they're performing live. So if you're making a visit and you get a chance to see them live, promise you, promise you, you will not regret it. And yes, they have more than one song. Equipment transport and technical consideration provided by Fly With Wine, who I might add we will be working with soon on another giveaway for the podcast, which I'm very excited about. 
sharing with you on the next episode. If you're cruising around the Central Coast, you can tune me in on your radio, my morning show. Weekday mornings, up and at them in the morning on Wine Country Radio, the Crush 92.5. Website, Crush with a K, crush925.com. And we got a free app in your smartphone. Well, never a dull moment indeed. I appreciate you connecting here. Once again, I'm your host, Adam Montiel. Until next time, lift that glass up high. Let's fill it with some white, some rosé, heck, some froze. It is summertime, baby, in Paso Wine Country. You know what that means. Puffy vests, uh-uh, they're in the closet. Ladies looking good in their wine-tasting outfits. Guys, gals got their hats on, their flip-flops, enjoying, relishing where wine takes you. And give me that sound give out and pass on down till the job is Get out in the trees, it will simplify on good comp. Give me that sound give out and pass on down till the job is Camped out in the trees who will simplify and good company. Give me that moonshine, we'll get by, we pass on round till the job is done. Camped out in the trees who will simplify and good company. Give me that moonshine, we'll get by, we pass on round till the job is done. Camped out in the trees who will simplify and